Expanding Your Mind with Grant Hicks, a boundary-breaking show designed to dissect subjects such as spirituality, past lives, hypnosis, the esoteric, ancient history, the universe, energy, extraterrestrials, conspiracies, the earth, and more. Welcome to this week's show, The Bystander Effect. <clears throat> what is it? What, teeth in again. What is it and how does it affect us? The Bystander Effect. Do you know what the Bystander Effect is? It's basically where um, uh, say, so for example, you see someone down the street and they fall over. Uh, or something's happening, so a fight's happening, or an argument's happening, or are people just looking. They're bystanders. They're just watching what's happening uh, and not helping to alleviate the situation. And this happens uh, a lot, and rather than alleviating the situation, a lot of people get their phones out now and just start recording it it's just bizarre because look what look what i saw today and i recorded it oh wow you're so important you're so important we are not worthy we're not worthy rather than going well what are you doing stop 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 and we're noticing that more and more now that people are just letting things happen standing by bystanders just watching things ignoring things and not speaking out not trying to stop things trying to help people i mean you think about it as uh, a, a movie that david Icke talks about all the time whether you like him or not a lot of his stuff is spot on and the film ants life not ants life bugs life ants life i'll get confused because ants in it i think of the film ants but Bugs Life. And if you don't know the story of Bugs Life, it's a brilliant film to watch. You could watch it with your kids, grandkids, and they could just enjoy it for what it is. But the message in it is profound and life-changing. And what the film's about is you have all these ants and they grow in their food and vegetables and whatever. Then they come for harvest and they take it all. Then you've got these ginormous, is it grasshoppers, crickets? And they know when it's harvest time. It's, I'm just hearing it now. The point I was going to make, and then the words I'm saying, it's like, oh my word, harvest time. So these, this call grasshoppers, the parasites, they know when it's harvest time. They don't do any work at all. No work. All they do is go in and steal off of, other creatures hard work sounding familiar yet and they're harvesting and every year every year the quota on the harvest goes up and up and up because of these grasshoppers these uh, parasitic beings that you know they come across quite governmental and authoritarian 
because they're bigger and stronger and they'd crush the ants. So they're standing around, they go, oh, okay, working hard all year long, you know, as ants do, grabbing everything, putting the baskets and that, and then all of a sudden they hear, which is wherever they are, grasshoppers, crickets coming over. Uh oh, here they come. And right, here we go. There's there's a harvest. And then look, the big bully kicks the buckets over the baskets over. Oh, it's not enough. We want more. We want more. And the queen ant is going, no, that's all we've got. That's all we can do. We can't do any more. I want more. I want more out of you. I want more out of you. <clears throat> and they're not being paid or anything, are they? Not being given anything in return. Just that's the way it is. And that's the way it's always been. Until, until, dun, 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 and oh, sorry, before that. So all the ants are around, just standing by, watching why this is all going on, why their whole way of life is being threatened every single year by these parasites. Wanting to work them to the bones. All right, we don't care if you die. We do not care if you die because you're going to have children and then they're going to be our slaves too. They're going to carry on. You'll die, then they'll grow up, they'll die. Their children will carry on forever and ever and ever. And these ants are just standing by and letting it happen. Standing by, letting it happen, going, oh, living in misery and fear. Why does that sound so familiar? And um, so these ants are just standing by, going, carrying, oh, watching, watching what's going on. Till one ant comes through the crowd, his ant buddies, and says, no, no more, no more. We've worked hard. We've worked our fingers to the bone. We've bought what we can. We physically can't do any more because the crops haven't, you know, we haven't got enough crops. This is all we can provide. So no, no more. That's it. And like the chief grasshopper went, next time we'll be back for more. And they flew off and they went back to their nest or whatever it is. And he was mad. Going, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Have you not seen what's happened? He said, we need to keep them in fear. We need to keep them scared of us. Because if they're not scared of us, our way of life finishes. And they've got a very, very cushy way of life. Very cushy. They don't have to work. They don't do anything. They don't produce anything. They just take. Sound familiar. So they're rich. They're very, very rich. Something that the masses, the ants, will never, ever know. That way of life. And as he's pacing up and down, he says, we've got to keep them in fear. We've got to keep them scared. scared. He said, because, you know, there are just a few of us and there are many of them. And if they all start thinking like that one ant, we are done for. Oh dear, talk about revelation of the method. They're telling you, they're telling you to your face. But because they've put it in a kid's movie, 
and adults go to us kids movie so they're not like not taking any attention But when David Icke mentions it and puts it on a big screen <clears throat> in a theatre, oh, David Icke is a bit stupid, he's one of them, he's a show, he's this, he's that. <laughs> You're missing the message. You're missing the big picture. He's telling you. So people then are bystanders just say, oh, well, oh, well, nothing we can do, is there? Nothing we can do. So the masses are being like the ants. And so then one, one ant stands up and all the other ants, you know, a lot of them go, oh, no, don't, don't, no, calm down. No, don't do it. Don't, no, no. Then we have the crab effect. You know the crab effect? Where if you put a load of crabs uh, in a bucket, one starts to climb out, all the others will drag it back down. No, 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 no. Don't go out there. We don't know what's out there. Don't go. We're comfortable here. Crab mentality. Is this starting to register yet? So, who are you? This is part of the bystander effect. Who are you? Are you the, the parasite that takes off of others, does nothing, lets everyone else do all the hard work while you just reap the rewards? Should have put suits on them, shouldn't they? Or are you... The, the ants go, okay, all right, okay, oh, we're just going to pay this, we're just going to pay, we've got to pay it, because that's how it's always been, we've got to pay, we've got to do this, because if we don't, we're going to lose everything. Or are you the one that stands up and says, oh, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, listen, our way of life is shit, we're struggling, we're struggling. And all we're doing is standing by and letting it happen. We're standing by and letting it happen. No more. No. Could you just imagine, just imagine the difference in the world if more people did that? Lost the fear. Thought, do you know what? Take it all. Don't care. Whoosh, we're going for you now. You imagine the difference in the world. Yeah, we know they've got guns, tanks and whatever. As I said before, hearts and minds hearts and minds you keep going you keep going you keep going you keep going you want the change you have to make the change you can't rely on these parasites they're never going to make the change in a million years any change they do it's like a snake around your body you go snake coils in so you can hardly breathe you go squeezes you more until it squashes you to death is that a life you want for you your children grandchildren because if you don't stand up and do anything what are you teaching your children and grandchildren to be subservient to be a bystander now with this bystander effect i learned something many many years ago and i used to do public speaking and well, public speaking but i was teaching self-defense and I'd go all over the UK, Ireland, and uh, it would be in car showrooms, believe it or not. There's a little, little teeny group. A few of us would go around the country and put on a, a road show, as it were. You know, had the mechanics <clears throat> showing people, it's mostly women, it's put on for women, how to change uh, a wheel. In the days when you had a spare wheel <laughs> in a car, you know, had to check the oil, the water, blah, 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 which is great. Then you had an ex-chief police inspector 
who would put on screen about defensive driving, road rage, how to deal with certain people, blah, blah, blah. And I, at the end, I would do the self-defense if you were attacked while walking down the street or while you were in your car. So it's, it's fantastic. It's really good. And it always had uh, great reviews. <clears throat> and this is it. You can always learn from people. And when I first started, I said to the chief inspector, the ex-chief police inspector, I said, uh, I said this is bizarre. I said, because I never, ever thought in a million years that I'd be working alongside a police officer, let alone an ex-chief police officer. But getting to know him, and he was obviously a lot older than me. Um, we got on great, absolutely great. We had a sense of humour. And again, he was waking up. And I think he was in his 70s back then. Don't know if he's alive now, bless him. But um hope he is. But... Uh, because he was retired and retired a long time because sometimes when police retire they're still in police mode for many many years <clears throat> because he'd been retired quite a while <clears throat> he had time to study things and he was a public speaker himself on diff many many different subjects and um he uh would start researching things and then obviously with things would be happening in the news and whatever because he was still watching it and listening to it going, oh, this, this doesn't make sense why this and why that <clears throat> and i've been doing this for oh i was doing that for a long i mean a long time and i when did i start doing it i can't remember now was it early 2000s quite a while And again, I've been doing this sort of stuff most of my life. So I'd say, oh, yeah, it's this, it's that, it's that. Oh, I'm going to research that. I'm going to research that. Next time I see him, oh, I've researched what you said and I found this and found that. And he was getting more and more knowledgeable. So if you could turn around, if I could turn around an ex-chief police inspector to research stuff and do things, and he was asking questions, like, why this? This doesn't make sense. Realised that his whole life had been a lie and his career had been alive what it really who had been really working for there's hope for a lot of people right but he he taught i'd learn a lot off of him i really would <clears throat> uh, listen to his talks <laughs> i've got i've got to tell you this before the 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 problem point with the bystander effect is <laughs> it's great and this is what life is about is memories creative memories and no matter where <laughs> we would drive around um we pull up and I'd, I'd have a test because it would be we'd be doing talks for, you know, BMW, Mercedes, Ford, Vauxhall, Audi, Hyundai, all the different car manufacturers right, all over the country. And it would normally be around their new car they're bringing out. So it'd be like a big show. They'd put on food, do this. We'd come on the car. I would do my self-defense around the car they're trying to promote. Um, and uh, we'd pull up. And you think, all right, yeah, they're busy doing whatever. And I'd have a test, always a test. And you may be able to use this test in your day-to-day -day life. And I called it the cup of tea test, right? As you know, the English love a cup of tea. So, especially if you've been traveling for three or four hours to a destination, and we'd go we'd go to certain places and there'd be famous people there. It'd be like, um, not really the celebrities, I don't really know, but George Best, 
You know, if you know who he is, the famous footballer, like his wife and that would be there. And, you know, we'd, we'd see other people. Like, oh, that's so-and-so. It's like, oh, okay. And, um, but when we arrived, I don't know, say around five-ish, half five, something like that, six o'clock, I say, right, have a cup of tea test. And it took me a while to realise this because I'd been an observer noticing the patterns. So we're doing this, we're doing that. Okay, this night goes well, that night's gone well, that night hasn't gone well. Why hasn't that night gone well? What I mean, hasn't gone well, the audience is flat. Sometimes you get a flat audience and it makes a massive, massive difference, right? So we'd have a couple of tests. So once I learned this, and I'd say to them, the ex-chief police inspector and the guy that used to drive us about, I'd say, well, I, I, I've got a test. And I, want to, I want you guys to know about this test so you can use it later on. Quite a cup of tea test. Oh, what are you want about now, Grant, you idiot? And uh, I must say, it's, it's again, slight digressing. When I got in the car one, one summertime, because I would wear like black trainers, black tracksuit bottoms, black T-shirt, black bomber jacket, because part of my role was to be a mugger who I was teaching. And I had these sunglasses on. <clears throat> and the guy got in the car, he looked in the mirror and went, whoa. I said, what? He says, you look like Neo from The Matrix. Okay, fantastic. There we go. That explains a lot. <laughs> anyway, I said, a cup of tea test. <clears throat> I said, what do you mean? I said, okay. When we go in, because we have like um, rollers to put, you know, what do they call them? Roller banners uh, and other bits and pieces, projectors to set up. <clears throat> Hopefully all the chairs are set up. Sometimes they're not, and we have to do that. But I said, a cup of tea test. I said, what do you mean? I said, okay. If we're not offered a cup of tea within 10 minutes of us arriving, it's going to be a crap night. I said, what were you on about? I said, just, just watch, just watch. So if we offered a cup of tea, and oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, if we can, because they're rushing around, they're busy, obviously. Put your stuff over there. Do, would you like a cup of tea? Oh, that'd be lovely. Thank you because they're hospitable, then a night would go great. I said, well, I'll watch next time then, because obviously it's, it's hard to test if, you know, it's a good night. And when we weren't offered a cup of tea, we were just kind of ignored. It's like we're sitting there. Sometimes we'd get there an hour, maybe an hour and a half early because of the traffic off, we're driving all over the country. Um, so no, one haven't asked, asked us for a cup of tea and we're just sitting here ignoring us then the evening would be flat, be completely flat. And after quite a few of these shows, I say, you're right, you know, you're right. So it's just my observations. So when I did that cup of tea test, thinking, right, how's it going to go? Because then what we could do, we would then adjust the way we would come across, you know, to try and lift the spirits of people. But if your hosts are uh, inhospitable and not really with it, then the audience is going to be cracks and, and then you're going to be seen as crap. So we have to do something about it. So when uh, when the ex-chief police inspector was doing his talk, he had... <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I know what's coming. He would. <laughs> sorry. I was just waiting. Oh, He'd have part of his talk because <laughs> I can picture his face and he would adapt. He would have to adapt his talk after this point. And he would say, um, 
he'd go, I was driving along with a wife one day and, you know, we were picking the grandchildren up and we were doing this. And, <laughs> and in front of us was this dirty white van. Um, and he said, and some of the rings, it was all dirt and all that. He said, someone had written on the back, or like, you know, with their finger, done this thing. I wish my wife was as dirty as this fan. <laughs> he said, and in, an, in another hand underneath, someone wrote, she is. <laughs> Sorry, that may have been people, but it made me laugh so much. She is. And to hear an ex chief police inspector speak like this makes it even more funnier. <laughs> so I'd always be sitting at the back because I was last on and I'd be cracking. <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes again, if with the cup of tea test, if the audience was flat, now you'd hear some dirty old women going, ah, crackling, you know, like a cackling witch laugh and ah. You knew we're going to have a great night because you then know, all oh, right, so they're open to that. So we can utilize this. We can add this. So you kind of ad libbing when doing the public speaking. You have your, your bones of what you're going to say, but you can adjust it. <laughs> and it, it, it's a, uh, oh, blimey, that's a bit, oh, you know, because, you know, his wife was very prim and proper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She goes, oh, yeah. He's the wife. Oh, what, does, what does that mean, dear? What does, it, what does it mean by that? Go, oh, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I love real stuff, authentic stuff. And <laughs> you can imagine his wife. Oh, what, what, does he, what do they mean by that? Oh, I don't know. No idea, love. <laughs> we crack it up at the back. <laughs> but if... Sorry, I do apologise. Uh, but if there was no laughter or no nothing, stony silence, he'd go, and you know, another hand underneath... Because that's the pun. She is, if it was like, we'd call it the tumbleweed moment. And I'd, I'd be at the back going. And that would make me laugh even more. I'm trying to like, laugh like, quietly. But he'd have to adjust it. He'd say, oh, yeah. His wife said, what's that, man? Well, yes, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's really disgusting. So he'd have to kind of go with what the audience felt you know because if he laughed and said you know, i made a joke of it and they're not laughing it kind of kills everything you say <laughs> so we had a great big belly laughs or we had tumbleweed moments <laughs> so it's how do you adjust right they're the bystanders they're not really doing much but anyway he's he's um bystander effect moment which i absolutely love and i think it's phenomenal and this is a, a life skill so it's really really important that you tune in and listen to this bit what he would say was um he'd say uh if someone had collapsed on the floor or someone's lying on the floor and you think all oh, right i've got to go and help them um and maybe you go to help say like a woman would go to help you don't know if the the guy lying on the ground or the woman uh it's just play acting and will attack you yeah so it's like a, a defensive point of view and uh so say so, right don't go up to them to their face because they may turn around with a knife or a gun mug you for your handbag or whatever 
All right. He said, just kick their leg. Not obviously real hard. Just kick their leg. Just tap, 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 tap. You know, are you doing anything? All right. So if you're from your observation, you think this is a genuine case. <clears throat> you look at everyone walking past, you know, just walking past, walking past or standing, looking, standing, looking bystanders. And what he said was, he said, what you need to do with people is you have to give them a job. You have to tell them to do something because they don't. What we've seen the past few years, that people need to be told. Most people are followers, not leaders. Most people are followers. It's, it's, it's quite a hard realisation to come to because, you, yeah, the whole of humanity can stand up. It's like we're all followers. So it needs people to stand up. Needs leaders. And what governments have done, have taken that job over of the elders and start telling people. Anyway, so what he said was, give people a job. Say, hey, you, you, you in the blue tie, you in the blue tie. Well, I'm the one in the blue tie. Me? Yes, you. Uh, can you get on the phone now? Call an ambulance right now. Right. And you, can you, you, you lady in the in the red dress, can you um you got a nice big bag? Can we just use that as a as a pillow? You in this, can you bring some water? Can you do this? Can you do that? So he's allocating people jobs, delegating, right? That's when things started to happen. That's when things would change. So the bystanders were given a job. Yeah. And how can I put this across? Without sounding egotistical, but being a kind of a, whether I'm a leader, I don't know, but I'm very conscious of decisions and, and getting things done in, in stressful situations, which I've had before. And uh, and like this with, I remember years ago when I was going to pick my kids up, down a country lane, I think it was winter time, it was the, the road was slippery, it was just tree-lined road, you know, very bendy, and as I was coming along, there's a bend, I was coming up to a bend, this car come around, an old Land Rover Discovery, come around, and he's, his back end skidded out, went like this, went like that, snaked, went like that, and he was coming for me, I thought, shit, I'm going to die, fuck, and he, he managed to turn around, turn the steering wheel, and he then went, boom, into a ditch and rolled over, in this big ditch, rolled over, went, oh my God, oh, that was close, that was real close, anyway, cars would just pull up, and it's just sitting there going, oh God, it's an inconvenience, inconvenience, no, 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 out, right, out, out, is the guy okay, right, so I went over to him, and I had to climb up in the, are you okay, you all right, no broken bones, no, okay, right, uh, and cars would just drive off. So are you kidding me? Come on. And I stop a car. Stop, stop, stop. Get out. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Uh, and then a, an old Land Rover, like the farmer's one, pulled up. Well, I stopped him, actually. I said, stop. I said, right. I said have you got a rope or anything? He goes, no. Uh, he says, I have him a farm. Right. Can you go and get one, please? And come back. Right. So you're doing that. You're doing that. Okay, right. Let's do this. And then a police car turned up. Right. Yeah, someone you called the police. So a police car turned up and she put it after the bend. And I had to say, look, can you not park there? No, nah, it's all right. No, it isn't all right. I said, because you're parking right after the bend, which means a car's going to come round, see you too late, and they're going to smash into the back of your car. Oh, it's all right. It's just a police car. I said, oh, God, yeah. What about the passengers? What if there's children in the car and they have a fatal accident or they veer off and roll over? 
I said, could you please park it right over there on that part of the road? So when the, because where it's windy road and some part you can see over the hedges, I said, your lights will be there. So as cars are coming round, they'll see your flashing lights and know they've got to slow down. Okay. I thought, <laughs> this should be your job, love. But a natural instinct, no, right, you do this, you do the act, do something, just do something, yeah? Don't be a bystander. If you're a bystander, people could lose their lives. Uh, normally being a bystander, things happen for the worse. So take action, do something. <clears throat> you know, if you, if you see a car accident or if you see a, someone fall over, you run over to help, say, right, okay, you, can you, have you got a cushion? Take your coat off, we use it as a pillow. Can you get some water? Can you phone ambulance? Can you do this? Don't be frightened, but people are so scared now to say anything for fear of people ridiculing them, rejection, they go, oh, none of my business, none of my business. And I remember years ago, again, the bystander effect. God, uh, oh, this was early 90s. And I was come out of work and, this, you know, I was going with this guy. I was going back to his house to have some beers or whatever. And um, we're driving along the road. And at a bus stop, this old guy was being beaten up by about three or four youths. I went, what the hell? I said, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car. He went, no, no, I'm not getting involved. I said, stop the bloody car. We've got to help him. No, no. And he's just carrying on driving. That man may have died. But someone was scared. The driver, if I was driving, then I'd stop. Guy could stay in the car. I don't care. I want to go out and help this guy. Maybe it's from watching, you know, Death Wish films. Charles Bronson ran <laughs> and sorted it all out. Maybe I don't, I don't know. Maybe it invokes something in me watching it. And when we had, uh, not many people can remember this, was it early 80s? Early to mid 80s? The Guardian Angels apparently came over from New York and they would ride our, uh, the underground, the tube, or the subway in American East. And they'd have their peak cap. You know, they're not a peak cap, their little beret, and they're standing there. And we're here to protect. We're going to, you know, sort the crime out. Everyone thought, brilliant idea. Actually, action is happening. Someone's doing something about the crime. Fantastic. Right. And we didn't have to pay for it. That's a win-win, right? No. Government wouldn't have it. Government wouldn't have it. No, you're not allowed. Off. Because they need crime. And this is what this ex-police... Police? This ex-police chief inspector said, he said, we need crime. So if we don't have crime, there's no police, there's no jobs. So we need crime. We need it. Imagine if they actually instigated it. Imagine that. They would never do that, would they? But um, yeah, so the bystander effect. And sometimes I can understand we have the flight, flight, freeze responses like, oh, you know, if you see a big fight going on, yeah, most people don't want to get involved. But if it's an even match, I don't know. Maybe let it play out. If it's a complete uneven match, then maybe you need to do something. I don't know. And it's not knowing what to do because the brain has been so frazzled by these di dictatorships. <laughs> you call them democracies, dictatorships, but in a different guise. They're frazzling people's minds, their brains. So they don't know. They can't make decisions for themselves. They need someone else to make that decision. Watch. 
you may be guilty of this. You may be guilty of this yourself. I shouldn't say guilty, it's the wrong word. You may have experienced this yourself. Yeah, so guilty may be the wrong word, so apologies for that. And um, you don't want to get involved. Oh, no, there's a big guy there. It doesn't matter. I've seen the smallest of women. And that's what I used to teach the smallest of women to take on great big hulking guys. I used to get, I used to teach uh, the smallest female member of staff wherever we went in what three five minutes how to knock me down on the floor and send me flying not just knock me down send me flying i'd go crashing into the chairs into a window uh and i'd just teach you that in three or five minutes and they were flabbergasted they could not understand what the hell and i'd say to them right, how much martial arts training have you had and they're thinking uh Oh, years. She must be black belt. She must be this. She must be that. And none. What do, you, what do you mean none? None? None. I'd say, I've never seen her before in my life. I just talked to that. And I teach it out of the way so no one else could see. So they, you then get the shock factor, the surprise, like bang, 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 bosh, someone like me. And I, I weigh around, I, don't know, I haven't weighed myself recently, but roughly around 16 stone. I don't know what that is in pounds. And so not like i'm not like um stand around six foot six foot 16 stone and someone who would be half my weight and five foot two five foot four sending me flying and hurting me i think it's a valuable life skill don't you so what i then taught these people is that don't stand around and be a bystander don't do it do something. Look what you can do if you're trained. And that's just five minutes. <clears throat> and I'd always say, <laughs> you, may, you might have 100, 150 people in the audience and then the staff and the managers around, press. And I'd say to the lady, the, lady, the woman, I'd say, right, and the manager's watching, i say, right, now may be a very good time to ask for a pay rise. Isn't that right? manager uh yeah because <laughs> they've seen what she's doing and she may be the butt of all the jokes you know the sexist jokes that go on and whatever and now they've just seen her knock me down on the floor <clears throat> they now know she's not someone to be messed with so she now can command authority can't she because they've seen it in action she can now say oh so, so can you go and pass me that file can you do that if she chose to carry that on so it's not being a um, like a control freak because some people might say, oh, you're taking control, you're doing this. Like, I'm taking control of the situation as I see it right now. You know, if someone's had an accident, got a head injury, right? I am not a doctor, <clears throat> nurse. I don't have bandages on me. I don't have, you know, I can't do a cold compress. I don't have that on me. So what do I do? Right, you, anyone a nurse here? Anyone a doctor here? No, right, we need to do this, this. Everyone got a towel, jacket, wrap the head up. And until the appropriate person, people come to take over. Yeah. That's it. Does you take control? If you can, if you're able to, to say, right, you phone an ambulance, you get a bottle of water, you get a, a blanket, you get this, you, right, they're fainted, right, lift their feet up, put the blood down, you know, to the head. <clears throat> 
basics. I know we're taught, don't move them, don't touch them, don't do this. You've got to gauge every situation differently. If someone's fainted, right? Yeah, right, they're fainted. What? They're dehydrated. They're this. Right, lift their legs up, give them some water. Job done. You know? So, the bystander effect. Also, as I mentioned, because it's hard to make decisions, you know, if, if you're of that, if your brain's been frazzled, and, and this could be in your life in general, and you could be a bystander of your own life, that you're allowing just things to happen. And you could be having a, a crappy life, a mundane life, go, oh, I wish it was different. I wish this, why can't it be different? But you've allowed yourself to be the bystander of your own life. You're just sitting there watching it just go by and go, oh, God, I wish, wish I had a better job, wish I had a, a better partner, wish I had a partner, I wish I could go on holiday, I wish I knew what to do with my life, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish. Yeah, you're wishing your life away. You're bystanding. Don't be a bystander. Do something about it. Act. If, if it would help you, don't know if it will, um, and you find it difficult to make decisions or want to know where you need to go in life or whatever, then I would suggest having a spiritual guidance reading with me. And maybe we could work things out and, and see what is in store for you and where you need to be, what you need to do. I'll put the link in the show notes for that. So if that's something of interest to you, there's a couple of things I do. I do email card readings. I do a video recording of me reading your cards and I send you the recording or the all singing all dancing is the seven card live reading like this. So we organize a Zoom call and we do it live and you can ask questions and this and yeah, that's, that's the biggie. If that would help you, if, if you know, sometimes we have decisions to make in life and we don't know what to do. And then because we're being a bystander, <clears throat> it just happens and consumes us. And then we start sinking deeper into depression, anxiety, low self-worth. And we become a shell of ourselves. And that's no good. That's no good. Because you're then becoming a victim of your environment and your thought processes. Yeah? So what do you recognise about the bystander effect? Are you recognising it? So, yeah, obviously... <laughs> You don't want to go out with a cape on and a mask and go, dan, 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 I'm here to save everyone. It's just this, if anything happens, could be the, the most minute thing. It could be like, I don't know. I don't know. It could be something trying to attack a bird on the floor. Yeah, just watching it happen. We could help that bird. We could do whatever, you know, whatever. So many different things. But inaction is no good. Being a bystander, it's no good. The bystander effect. And if you just stand by and watch things, atrocities that are happening, accidents that are happening, you could change someone's life for the better. You really could. You really could help someone. You know, they may have been crying for help for most of their life. And because they like may trip over or they may come out the car and maybe faint because they're not eating or not drinking you just may be their savior guess what that then gets passed on the butterfly effect 
when a human's going to start helping each other again? I know some people do, but I say in in general, that should be our core value, shouldn't it? So have a think about it. Have a think about it. And if you come across any situations in your life, are you going to be a bystander? Are you going to take control of the situation as it is? You know, you might be going, hello, are you okay? And phoning an ambulance yourself or the police yourself or the fire engines yourself, you know, or whoever. Right, there's a dog lit loose. Right, okay, all right, I've got to phone the, the dog warden or whatever. Have you got any any identification marks? No, just can't get any because it's biting or any anything, you know, anything, any situation. Just, right, what can I do at this moment in time? What can I do? That will alleviate the situation and make it better. What can I do? Some people say, well, just walk it off. <laughs> That's what you feel. That's what you feel. But don't stand there watching it happen. Um yeah and that's it so back to this land rover uh that went in the ditch this farmer got this rope and he put it on his first rope snapped he had to go and get another one to come back and there's a few of us like steadying this car and uh pulling it over bang on its side uh, uh, back on its wheels the driver was okay right you're all right yeah double check double check right okay you got this you got that you're okay you copus mentis yes all right, okay, calm down, had a drink of water, done that. Right, you've got the ropes, undo the ropes, put them back in here, that's done. Right, police lady, it's fine. Um, and you know what he did? Because <laughs> it was a Land Rover, and we all pushed it. We pushed him back out onto the road, and then he drove off. Look at that, eh? Look at that. Could have been a lot worse. But by taking action and delegate, delegating roles... Um, also you've got to think of sorry to go on a bit there's something else to think of is that say for example there may be a doctor there whatever but in stressful situations highly stressful situations some people panic and close down is there a doctor in the house they might go oh my god 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 maybe horrific it doesn't want to get involved so you've got to take control right phone ambulance phone this up phone that do this yeah might say to people look you are this you've got this you can help right now some people choose not to help you know so come on guys we need some more leaders out there we need some more generals you know get to it and if you need advice need spiritual guidance a loved one may come in and give you guidance that's lovely when that helps that helps happens <laughs> so link on that is below uh Anything else? Send us a message. Okay. Take care, guys. I hope you learned something from that. See you later. Bye-bye.